All right, dedication time to begin the show. So um, we got three guests, so if you want to start, JJ, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? Or uh, what? I will dedicate this to the cast and crew of the film Only Dance Can Save Us. All right, Aww. nice. Nice. Barrett? I will dedicate this to my godmother who got me started in dance when I was four years old. Uh, I will dedicate this to craft services far and wide. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. All All right, we're back on the St. Paul Filmcast, and with me is J.J. Kaiser. Hello. Um, Barrett Algren. Barrett, thank you for your last name. And Tim Schrader. Schrader. And you guys all worked on the movie Only Dance Can Save Us. We did. And uh, before we get started with anything, we want to talk about, do you have an Indiegogo campaign for this right now? Do you want we to do. talk about a little bit before we get uh, yeah. a little more deep into it? Um, so right now, we we're fortunately enough that we were able to complete production and post-production uh, with a grant from the Jerome Foundation. Um, so now as we're planning on sort of the release in the next phases of the film, we're looking to send it off to festivals. So we're doing an Indiegogo campaign just to raise some extra funds for the submission fees and all the drives that we need to send that out for. Okay, and then we'll put a link on the, the meta yep. for the Indiegogo page, and there's some options for everybody to choose from. Yeah, we've got some cool perks on there. We can get a button or a tote bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, get one of the options, tote bag. Get the tote bag. Uh, you can also donate and get a free uh, dance class with Barrett, the choreographer. Um, so there's some, a, lot of, a lot of cool options there for people, and uh, yeah, whatever they can give is, is deeply appreciated. Uh, when does the window close for that? That will be closing Monday, which is I believe August the real world, August 5th. August 5th, yes. okay. Yes, and we should be dropping a little bit of a sizzle reel on the Indiegogo campaign page in the next day or two as well, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Okay, and the movie's called Only Dance Can Save Us. Um, if anybody wants to start, talk a little bit about what the movie is, the synopsis, and uh, mm-hmm. if anybody hasn't been able to see it, um, talk a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so the general idea of the film is it follows a contemporary dance choreographer um, who's sort of dealing with this career-ending injury that she has. Um, so she sort of shifts the focus of her career to be mainly choreography. Um, and then one evening, the son of her former mentor comes to her studio and offers her a place in this showcase, um, sort of a commission of a new piece that's supposed to be based on her experiences with this mentor. Um, but the, the sort of the catch is that she had a very strained relationship um, with this guy. So we, we kind of watch and see how the piece develops over time. Um, we kind of see how she copes with with coming to terms with the nature of that relationship. And this is a full feature film. I want to, I want to emphasize is. this is not a short film. This is not a full, yeah, full, full length feature. Full feature film. Um, did you you also written it? Yes. Um, and I'll include uh, Barrett in this conversation. What came first, the writing or the dancing? The writing. The writing yeah. came first. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, the dancing in the sense that I wanted it in there was the, probably the first thing. 
Um, so the idea was I wanted to explore something that was a little bit more interdisciplinary, um, and especially I wanted to explore sort of how does the artistic process look from a visual standpoint. Um, and one way that I hadn't really seen that done in film yet is to see how kind of like these, these dance sequences evolve over time. Um, so that was sort of the concept of the jumping off point. And then um, the story and the script came and then I reached out to Barrett and that's kind of how the dances came next. Yeah, Barrett, how did you get involved? Uh, well, I was introduced to John and uh, read over the script. He offered me uh, the chance to kind of look it over and see what I thought. And this was the first time that I have uh, choreographed for um, a movie or a script or anything that has like okay. a very strong narrative line. Um, and so I kind of went through it and was thinking about, you know, where each dance scene happened and like what um, had been kind of prompted to happen in that scene based on, you know, what was coming in before uh, that point. Um, and it sounded like a really amazing challenge and kind of a curious opportunity to work my craft as a choreographer into um, the piece, the work. Yeah. Did you have any input about the costumes, the dance costumes? Actually, I'm trying to think. Not really. We had a costume designer who... Um, designed the idea. I said that I wanted it to be more slim fitting, mm -hmm. not something really baggy and distracting okay. um, and colorful. But beyond that, it was kind of like, let's see what happens. Yeah. I, and part of that, what was interesting, and one thing certainly that I had learned was how much of, of the footwear we needed to decide on and how much of that was actually decided by the space that we were shooting in. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if, when you watch the film, they're, they're in socks, but we had kind of the conversation of should they be in sneakers or if they should be barefoot. Um, but the floor we were working on at, at Barrett had suggested that socks would probably be the uh, best choice for that. So we turned it over to Caroline Sebastian, who was our costume designer. Um, and so we kind of came in with a few concepts of what they should look like, um, but she sort of took that and, and ran with it. Uh, with the dance stuff, did, did you read this? And you said you read the script first, mm -hmm. and then did you work with somebody, or did you just kind of evolve it with yourself, or yeah, kind of bounce it off with the ideas? Um, yeah, I tend to like to choreograph with the dancers present. Sure. Um, there were a few things that I came in with. Um, besides the main concepts, you know, kind of imagery that I had seen written into the script or language that was being exchanged between the characters. Um, but then I worked directly with uh, the group of dancers, which kind of shifted anywhere from like two to six or eight. Um, and they helped me derive the movement and kind of piece things together. Okay. So it was really a collaborative process with them. How long did you work with them before shooting? We started, I think our first rehearsal was in June of last summer, and mm -hmm. then we really kind of amped things up in August, and then the shoot was the end of September, early October. So you had a little more time. Yeah, yeah, nice. and it kind of came in bits and pieces. You know, we weren't rehearsing, you know, weekly that entire time, but it was dependent on people's availabilities over the summer, which can be really various with dancers taking freelance opportunities in other cities. So uh, yeah. I had to work with that. Especially with dancers and you're comfortable performing and right away. And it's hard to do a movie because you have to stop and do takes and stuff like that. Yeah. So how did you guys maintain like, your energy throughout like a day of just shooting? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it was a little bit chilly in the, <laughs> so you had to work in the space. And, and for the, the work that they did, you know, their muscles had to stay warm. So it was a lot of layers. We had space heaters going. Okay. Um, 
we had a lot of food and, and beverages on set, so that was helpful. But yeah, it's a very different process with, you know, short takes versus kind of longer pieces of material that you would rehearse in a dance studio um, without film. So you were on set a lot of the time? Yeah, I think there were about four or five days total. Yeah, I think probably at least 50% mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had some sort of dance happening. Yeah, quite a bit. No, wonderful, wonderful. Awesome. So, uh, Tim, how did you become a part of the project? Uh, well, I've known John for many, many years okay. now. <laughs> I, I was like, I think the first time we worked together uh, was a film called Curse of the Invisible Werewolf. Correct. I was actually doing sound for him. and Isn't it in black and white? It is black and white. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> And yeah, sounded great. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, and so yeah, I've just worked with him for a long time, and then uh, I've been doing a lot more cinematography. And he just asked me to come on board. I guess it was that simple. Yeah, that's, that's my rigorous <laughs> process. There was a asking. heavy interview process. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we went to Spy House, and I think I asked him, "Do you want to shoot this?" And then he said yes. He popped the question. He popped the question. <laughs> the entire place applauded. <laughs> we got free coffees. So uh, as a filmmaker, you're part of the project, too, of filming the dancers and stuff. So did yeah. you and Barrett collaborate together a lot? Yeah, there was, uh, you know, even throughout the rehearsal process, uh, I had went over to the space and we, you know, tried to find what some of these dances were and how mm-hmm. the camera can kind of interact with those dances yeah. and, and how they can kind of work together and not feel disconnected. Right, yes. How, did you use more than one camera? Did we were able to do yeah, that? Yeah, so a lot yeah. of the a lot of the dances, for the dancer's sake, we tried to keep it to minimum takes, so part of that was using multiple cameras and uh, and trying to make the most of that time yeah. so that we don't have exhausted dancers for the whole time. You guys, you didn't do any storyboards or anything with this project? There were some specific moments that we knew we wanted to uh, be very particular about. Sure. And we worked on some split screen moments that uh, we storyboarded just because we wanted to make sure that it didn't come off as, you know, hokey or anything. And so we wanted mm-hmm. to be precise about different moments in the film. Yeah, there's a there's a scene where there's a conversation on the phone. Yeah. And it's kind of a little more of a retro. In the yeah. 70s, they did a lot of the split screen, a little more retro. Right, it's right. very fitting. Was that something you always wanted to put in the movie? The split screen? Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted it to feel, to an extent, so much of the film takes place in the one studio space yeah. that I wanted to try to keep the audience as tied to that space as much as you can. Um, so then when you're dealing with a phone call, you have the choice of, okay, well, you do the split screen, and then you can kind of see both locations, um, or you kind of cut away from the location, or you just have it all sort of in voiceover with the person on the other side. Um, so we found kind of a, a nice balance, I think, where you feel grounded to that space still. Do you guys watch any movies before, like any dance movies before filming together or anything like that? I watched a lot of documentaries primarily to sort of get a sense of the world and the movements and okay. a lot of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, John John put together this yeah. giant YouTube playlist and that he sent me and I just kind of dove right in and watched as much of that as I could. <laughs> but it was just it was a huge mixture of a lot of different yeah. uh, types of dance films or uh, music videos, things like that. Sure. Probably some Great. pieces that if we look at it now, I'd be like, why did I put that on there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely threw a lot of it away. Yeah. <laughs> right. I don't like yeah. that. But it was good to start with. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, why 
did he put this Taylor Swift video? <laughs> oh, we know why you put that in there, John. <laughs> it's something I do myself because we're surrounded by all this yeah. imagery and stuff, and I do my own comic books. But it's not like I'm going to imitate it. It's just for inspiration. Maybe right. I grab something like this. Yeah, maybe absolutely. there's a certain angle, a certain mm-hmm. gesture, something like that. Yeah. yeah, to keep you going, keep you constantly stimulated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sort of put together a video mood board for it. Yeah, yeah. So, are you, do you prefer doing storyboards, or are you just kind of? No, I. That's that is not a strong suit, <laughs> sure. and I'm sure Tim can attest to this. <laughs> uh, it's it's basically stick figures, and they're not in proportion, and it's it's pointless, and it's just way better for me to be like, it's just get this close to the person. Okay. It's there's nothing that anything will be gained from me drawing a storyboard for this. So, I I would like to ask you: Are you comfortable dancing? Can you dance? Um, I I don't know if everybody else is comfortable. With <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Uh, you I, gotta, haven't, I haven't seen him dance yet. So all right, John, oh, we have a table. Have Let's see it. I did. <laughs> I did that. some dancing on set. So okay. There's a scene. Uh, actually, Barrett performs it, and our main character is sort of on the mm-hmm. floor and watching this. Um, and then I think Barrett had to leave, but we still had to get the reaction shots. So we needed somebody to move around the actor in a dancey way. Um, so I recall doing some movement on there. That I wish was, I hadn't left early. Yeah, it was a lot of. I don't know. It's it not very, on YouTube yet. Huh? No, so it was very, very smooth Mick, gallop. Very smooth, very Mick yeah. Jagger. I think. Yeah. yeah, there's lots of strange arm motions and struts. Tim, I can't believe this is a little more intimidating because you're going to be filming dancers and there's ways of how do you want to frame all this. Yeah, so, yeah. what kind of the challenges did you face filming this kind of well, movie? Well, I mean, I think. Starting out, honestly, like, I think we it was we found the film a little bit more. Even I'd say day one or two, yeah. you know, after we were shooting it, um, mm-hmm. we since the whole most of the film takes place in one studio, we wanted to, uh, you know, we have to make sure that over a feature length movie, it doesn't just get super stale. You know, like the space yeah. is a character and and it needs to have more life, and so we wanted to make sure that we found new ways to kind of shoot throughout this whole studio okay yeah, yeah. it does it does because obviously everybody if you watch the movie you know they're saying it's the same environment but for different settings you you were able to frame it nicely if of hierarchy you know the platform mm-hmm. somebody on the platform down so you have the stature of hierarchy and everything so i think you guys cleverly used this space oh, very you. well yeah. yeah especially white it's a, kind of a challenge in itself <laughs> yeah. Too. yeah yeah you know it's uh it's definitely the the palette is there you mm-hmm. know like it's the space is what we have and so i think yeah. a lot of um a lot of the color comes from the costumes and you know the the plants that are in there and you know the way that we arranged it a little bit but yeah. then also i know we worked very hard on trying to make sure that just character movement was interesting you know mm-hmm. just because it is a very dialogue heavy film and surprisingly yes yeah. Yeah. yes yeah. surprisingly yes yeah, yeah. so we just want to make sure that you know we were constantly moving and changing it up mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and and i think as far as some of the the camera movements go um i just kind of want to give a little bit of a shout out to madison lutz who came on as a production assistant um and then had revealed that she had access to some equipment that we had no anticipation that we would have or even intended on using in any sense um so she got us all kinds of dollies which really we were able to sort of refocus how we shot things and um, so yeah, we then promoted her to associate producers because she got us all that stuff sure. for free. I may ask, where was the location? The location was at Studio Apparatus, okay, uh, which is primarily a photo studio. 
um, based uh, in St. Paul, just across the river. How did you find it? The internet. There you go. <laughs> Baron, just crazy. like how you find this crazy. show, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it was not something that you would accidentally stumble upon. It's kind of hidden in a warehouse building. Well, um, we, we had looked at a few other yeah. studios okay. and everything. So you guys and went scouting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I probably went to two or three, and John, I'm sure, went to many others. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, like it's it's a character in the film because it, it's... Mm-hmm that's the central location, you know? So we wanted to make sure that it had its own life to yeah. it. How long did you guys film in there? How many? We filmed, uh, so we it was a 10 day shoot. Okay. Uh, and nine of the 10 days were filmed in that studio. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. And it's probably like the standard two week of, two week schedule and everything, yep. yeah. Yeah, we did five days on, two days off, and then five days on again. No spending the night there, right? No, no, no. <laughs> No, the latest yeah. was the very last day where we were filming um, at Minnesota Dance Theater space in Minneapolis, and that was I think two or three in the morning that we finally yeah. left. Yeah, yeah. And thankfully, the main space has like blackout curtains, mm-hmm. so we were able to shoot all of our night scenes during Wonderful. the day. Yeah, and that mm-hmm. helped a lot. Yeah. Well, especially if you have one space, it's nice that you're going to leave it, lock everything up. But you know where the equipment's going to be when you start up again. You don't have to right. move anything. You don't it's have to move the camera. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It saves a lot of time as also. Absolutely. Yeah, especially yeah. if you can do one spot. And, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And they had a kitchen, which... Well, there you go. If you yeah. can get a refrigerator <laughs> and water, I mean, you're set. Like, if you're not running around having to deal with that. So, so uh, Barrett, with the dancers, how yeah. did you... Did you do like an open audition, a calling, or did you start recruiting... Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have a few uh, independent um, dancers that I like to work with from project to project. Um, And they're my friends also. So I kind of started there just offering this opportunity. Hey, do you want to be in a movie? (laughs) And most people were interested. Some people had conflicts with timing. Um, So that was kind of the basis of how I collected my, my group. Um, and from there, we just started rehearsing together. And, you know, again, there were a lot of different schedules happening throughout the summer. So some rehearsals, I had two people, some people or some rehearsals I had about six. And then that's kind of how scenes got developed as well. Like, well, who's available today? We're working on this scene. And I guess you four are going to be the ones that are in it then. So. And I want to emphasize outside the movie, this is this is your profession as well. Yeah. You yep. do you do an instructing as well. Part, yeah, dance, I so. teach dance. I choreograph. I'm performing in other people's work. So um, this was just kind of one of many projects that pieced together my schedule. Do you have a particular dance movie you like? Wow. Um, I recently watched uh, Pina, which is all about oh, Pina yeah. Bausch, who's an amazing choreographer from Germany. Um, is that a documentary? Yes, it okay. is. Yeah, and it has... Um, a lot of her different pieces and choreography within it, so it's it's really enjoyable. Is that pretty roughly new? Yeah, it's it came good. out within the last five, ten years. Okay, was it? Yeah. I think it was three D when it first came out. There was a three D version. Yeah. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah, I don't I think was, I saw that one in the theater, but no, because I remember working at the Walker when it had come out and they did a screening there, and I think they did mm-hmm. sort of the three D screening. But that was yeah, that was yeah, again a one of the documentaries film. that I watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, especially for screen dance, like seeing dance that uh, is you know made for the camera she has you know pieces that are performed on stage but then additional work that was you know site specific within the film um is dance kind of a central topic for you or is this something you intentionally look for when you started this project um this was this was sort of the first time kind of delving into it okay um 
yeah, I mean, I think I was I was exposed to a lot of it when I was working again with at the Walker Art Center, and sort of that was my first exposure to sort of this contemporary form of uh, movement. Um, but yeah, it, it's not something that I that I had necessarily uh, that I seeked out. I almost said yeah. sucked out. And was <laughs> <completely>, <laughs> wait, what's the past tense of seek? Is seeked right? It's not suck. Um, no, but yeah, it kind of kind of come down to that. Well, what what uh, medium can I use to sort of show that artistic process and the evolution of that um, and how this person's life around them, how the characters come into their life, how do they affect the movement and, and that sort of things. And I mean, it's, it's something you could do it with painting, but I don't think it would be as dynamic on screen as, mm-hmm. as doing it with dance. Uh, and we mentioned this before, it's, it's surprisingly dialogue heavy. Yeah. Do you, we're referring to dialogue almost like a dance too sometimes? I've referred yeah. to many work of writing workshops that it's almost dialogue is almost like a dance. A yeah, no, more, you, yeah. Um, I, I think if you're writing you're writing dialogue, you certainly have to find um, those rhythms. Yeah. Um, so in that in that sense, it is sort of, uh, and you know, a lot of the dialogue is sometimes based within conflict. So it's you know, this person makes this move, this person makes that move. Um, so yeah, I think there is a, a, a tie between the two. I noticed when I watched I watched the movie multiple times, but even when there's no dance in there, it almost seems like there's dancing involved, yeah. especially with the conversations with like Matt Bailey's character mm-hmm. and Sophie. There's posturing, there's spacing. It's almost like you are dancing. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even notice. Sometimes you are performing a dance when outside of a film and media where you're right. t- discussing people mm-hmm. around people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of the idea was that is so many of the characters within this uh film our dancers are in the dance world so i wanted to show that they are just very generally physical um so while you could just sit them at a table and have them talk yeah uh, and that would be very interesting because i have amazing dialogue uh, <laughs> 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 it's, it's a little bit of trump there um no but but the yeah, best I wanted dialogue is the best dialogue <laughs> it's amazing um yeah no but i, I wanted to show that they were who they were as, as characters were very physical, and so they enjoyed the movement, and they wanted to be on their feet, and mm-hmm. that was always a, a side of that. It's very convincing, um, predicted in the movie, that these people live in this environment. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's almost consuming that this, this is really, there's nothing else outside of that, yeah. especially in this movie. There's really nothing, well, to them, anything interesting outside right. of just dance. Right, yeah, and yeah. I think that, that kind of speaks to artists in general, is you, you do it, yeah. but you—that is also just who you are. That is your identity. Yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going. So I wrote down when I watched it. I was like, "This is the holy trinity for art, right? Commercial, academic, and doing it yourself, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, which one's going to get the strength today? Am right. I going to instruct, or I'm going to do, yeah. or am I going to make money, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, is that what the crucial theme? Do you think primary for the movie? Um, I, I think certainly that's something that. Uh, as as the writing process went along, it was you had to sort of cover those those things because a lot of films you watch and you maybe you walk away and you realize like I don't know what that main character's job was. <laughs> um, that's that's not the case with this. Right. Um, but we we also just sort of had to figure out well how how can we make her life a little bit more difficult financially? What can we take away from her? What can kind of force her to take on this um, commission that she doesn't really want to do? 
Um, so yeah, I think it, it is trying to find that balance of, okay, well, this character is coming it from you know more of that commercial side, and she's coming from it from the artistic side. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of that in there. I think if you're a creative person, an artistic person, you was relate to a lot of situations that are in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. the 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 friends, the two friends that come oh, in. Oh yeah. And the component of them. Rather, they want to talk artistically, mm-hmm. and she feels almost like an insider, even though it's very intimate. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a nice juxtaposition that, even though how intimate they are, she still feels like an insider and uncomfortable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. those are some, uh, those two characters were pretty, uh, I guess, eccentric. Um, and it's, it's hard almost not to feel a little bit of an outsider, and that's kind of how I wanted those characters to be, because they yeah. are just on the exact same plane and level and you just kind of have to figure out how to get into that dynamic. <laughs> Approach it, right, circumnavigate right. or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that you can kind of see in, in the framing, how she's often, you know, we, it's over both of their shoulders, and most of the time it's the two of them in the same frame as well. Wonderful, wonderful. All right, we're gonna take a little break um, for ad space, and then we'll come back more with J.J. Uh, Barrett. From the galactic depths of the comic book universe comes the ghosts of the stratosphere, ready to galvanize and energize your mind with the latest of comic book news and reviews. And why, why are you stopping me? Yes, that's much better. Hi, this is Andy Larson for Ghosts of the Stratosphere. Join me every week along with my co-hosts Rob Stewart and Chad Smith as well as a cavalcade of fantastic comic book guests as we dish out heaping helpings of the greatest and latest of comic book news and reviews. New shows posted every Tuesday with bonus shows every first Friday of the month. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher under Ghosts of the Stratosphere as well as on our website www.gotstratosphere.com Hope to see you soon, folks. All right, and we are back. So, um, has it, have you all seen the movie already? Have you yes. ever had an opportunity yes. to see the movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when is it going to be available? When is everybody else be able to see it? Uh, we are, right now, we're sort of putting together our film festival uh, plan. So we're hoping okay. it, by fall we'll have figured out some sort of local screening here for the tw- in the Twin Cities. So fall of this year? Fall of this year. Okay. Yeah, yeah we're, right. we're sort of... Uh, Waiting to hear back from a few festivals, and whether we get into those or if we don't, we'll kind of determine where we uh, screen it for people. Yeah, film festivals are kind of like Comic Cons. You submit, and then you got to sit and wait. Uh, did I get yes or no? Yeah. And then that time, then another Comic Con comes up. Well, it's the same window. I got to wait till this response, right. and it's almost like a, it's almost a, another event of circus that you yeah. got to navigate. Yeah. So yeah, and some of the festivals you don't want to screen in that market until you hear from them because part of their uh, criteria is it, it kind of has to be at least a regional premiere. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're, we're kind of, it's done and we're just going to hang out with it and hopefully it finds a place. And, but yeah, at, at some point by fall, there will be an opportunity one way or the other that people can see it. Um, Tim, uh, JJ, well, who did the editing for it? Uh, 
That was Jay Ness. Oh, Jay. Yeah. He, he edited it? Part. He edited it. He okay. was uh, the colorist as well. Uh, and then he was also some sort of camera assistant. Just general guy. That's very true. I'm clearly <laughs> like a great AC. Guess, yeah. okay. guess who didn't go to film school? <laughs> Me. So he w- was Jay on, on set too a couple yeah, times? He was, okay. Yeah. Right. He was there the, the entire time. He's a guest. On, he's been a guest. On, he's a super nice guy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's, and it's great having the editor on set too to bounce things off of, you know, just asking if something if he feels like it's going to cut or anything mm-hmm. it's so i always love having the editor on set yeah yeah uh the music overlay yes how did how that come about uh so all the music was done by sarah james elstron who performs as the nunnery um and so sort of again it was one of those things where i had not met her before this project and i went on band camp and then just started looking for Minneapolis, St. Paul sure, positions. Sure. And I wasn't quite sure what the sound was going to be. Um, if, if there was a short time where I was like, well, maybe we'll do jazz. And then my brain was like, no, jazz is dumb. So I'm like, oh, I'll have to figure out something else. Um, so, yeah, I came across her her page on there. And there was just uh, something that it was so unique and it sort of fit with the title of the film and there was something you know she's called the nunnery and there's something kind of holy and almost choral about some of her stuff Um, so it felt like a a perfect fit and so I reached out to her and asked her if she would be interested and she said yes and that was that Merritt how did you when you were rehearsing and collaborating did you guys use music yeah I um, knowing that it was kind of unknown at the time that I was choreographing okay. what the sound score would be. I just kind of put on my iTunes, my Spotify, and and played around with different things to kind of elicit, you know, the the movement and the feeling. Uh, and then when I heard it was going to be the nunnery, I got very excited because I knew of her work before, and I was like, "That's going to be great!" Like the tone of it, um, and so that was a great fit. I think even when we were filming, I just had like random background music yeah. on to have something. But that was, was my never, next question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was never the choreograph uh, choreography was never set in specific like counts or anything that was yeah. so tethered to some sort of sound. Mm-hmm. We just did an episode um, prior to this one where we talked about the 1959 Ben Hur movie, and that got edited mm. twice. They edited the movie, then they put the music in, and then they realized the music was so good that they had to edit it to fit the music (laughs) so it's it's one of those things that there's two editors but this is how important music can oh absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. and and this was this was a little bit of an interesting process because it was almost i think almost kind of like reverse engineering to a certain extent um but i remember talking with with barrett about the dances where i said that i didn't really want it to be fit to the music necessarily we will figure out the music to work with the movement because that for me was the priority in the film yeah it's a little more opposite you yeah. usually have music first and then the right the yeah. movements if yeah you're looking more at sort of a traditional musical kind of a stage sort of thing it's this you know this is your music and this is kind of how everything needs to fit with it but um this is the dance was the priority and so that's what we did and a lot of the music uh was actually already pre-existing so it just happened that we found stuff that fit and then sarah was great about making tweaks with things and her process is very improvisational, so she's sort of used to making changes as she goes. It kind of a balanced fit of almost um, the music of Overlay of Voices seems like there's somebody watching it as you're 
singing it as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. and one of the sort of the concept within the film is I didn't necessarily want the dancers to be characters within the film, but I also wanted them to act as sort of like a Greek chorus to a certain extent. Kind of yes, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. they sort of are there to kind of interpret what's happening within the the sort of the play, the narrative of the film, um, which is why you kind of see some of them come and sort of disappear and they're there suddenly and then they're gone. Um, so it kind of plays with this, yeah, sort of like there is somebody else watching. Did uh, How did you cast this? We cast it. This was one of the longer audition processes that I had done. Okay. Um, so we just sort of put a call out and then if people had reels, if they had resumes, we kind of go through there um, and then narrowed it down to I think maybe one or two days worth of auditions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then some people it was, you know, boom, yep. They're, they're the person, you're set, cool. Um, some folks, especially the, the the roles that were a little bit larger and had a little bit more talking, especially the lead, we went through sort of another round and had them kind of do an on-camera sort of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think a good number of the people I had worked with on other things, um, Larissa, who plays the lead, Sophie, I had worked with on a short called Classic Becky Party, same with Anna Strands, um, and then Tracy Maloney, we worked with on uh, Werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Tim, were you part of the casting? No, no? I really, I really okay. wasn't. John, uh, John. <laughs> well, sometimes took care DPs, of that sometimes role. DPs are part of the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. No, this time, I mean, yeah, John. I, I don't even know if I hired you at that point. <laughs> probably not. I think I was, I was, I was, doing I was pretty late. Yeah, a lot of it was, uh, <laughs> a lot of it was already pretty set by the time I was in. I know we we're still looking for a lot of things, but yeah. I like to ask because of the, I'm really like I've talked about writing for a little bit, yep. but uh, are you kind of the person that like to have a little sanctuary, sanctuary, you know, sanctuary, or can you just write out in a park, or do you yeah. need a spot to do I, it? Um, I've really found that writing in coffee shops helps a lot, and I think it's because I don't get distracted by my stuff. <laughs> it's like working from home, right? Yeah. Oh, I can go look at this thing. Well, I can mess around with this thing, or oh, I got a big TV. I'll look at that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I find that if I go sort of out in public, or uh, you know, I'm, I've gotten to the point where it's it's sort of a routine, where it's you know, from eight a.m. to ten ten thirty. Yeah. That's my time. I go to a coffee shop. I sit there for that amount of time, and I just knock out whatever I can. Um, and so you need like a rigorous schedule. You need yeah. like that little discipline. Di yeah. Discipline. Yeah. I'm sort yeah. of like a, a type A creative in the sense that I need to put myself in some sort of system or pen or routine, and then within that, I can just do the madness within there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I need that structure. Uh, Barrett with dance. Do you kind of like a day or a night, or you kind of can? Yeah. Especially like a creative process like that. There's mm -hmm. a certain mm -hmm. kind of a window where you kind of do it. Yeah. Um, I. Usually the way kind of the the dance community works is our day starts around 9.30. There's a, a class that you might take to warm up or maybe you go off and have a yoga session or do whatever you do in the morning. And then rehearsals kind of start around 11, 11 to 1, 2, 3, depending on how much you're working with. That's kind of the ideal. Um, I personally don't really like creating or even moving my body that much after about four um <laughs> the older i get yeah. <laughs> but um i think again because people had such sporadic availabilities and also okay. finding studio space can be a little bit tricky um so it was, it was working with a lot of different factors and i think that we met 
different times, different places. Sometimes we were rehearsing in St. Paul, sometimes downtown Minneapolis. Um, and so, yeah, the ideal would be kind of a rehearsal that starts late morning into early afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Do you get inspiration usually at night, Tim? Uh, yeah, I mean, I am a night owl by nature. Um, I find but, more creative people are. I can usually get a lot more messages from creative people like after midnight or yeah, something. I, like that. I, I yeah. started putting my yeah. phone on silent yeah. because of that. Because yeah. I, I, over time, yeah. I became a morning person. Yeah, I'm like asleep by 10 a.m. John was like, "All right, meet me at this coffee shop. I'll be here at 8 a.m." I'm like, "All right, well, yeah, maybe yeah. like I'll be there like 10, 11, yeah. something." Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> just, I uh, just like to give a vague number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's because of JNS that I, I put my phone on silent. I used to have oh, like yeah. the ringer on. Like for some reason, I was convinced that there's going to be an emergency yeah. that I needed to go. But he would get these ideas, and it'd be like three in the morning. It would be like 12 texts, just one right after the other. Oh wow! And I'm like, I can't do this. I've got to. I've got to save this for the morning. <laughs> up until a while ago, I, I did you know standard nine to five day jobs. So, uh, know, I can't be up at three a.m. Writing my comic book, I I didn't start till like nine thirty, and it's a noir, so I like to be at nighttime and all that oh, stuff. But yeah. I, I I've said this many times on my show, but. I think my neighbor thinks I'm crazy because I reenact dialogue outside. Oh, amazing! Because <laughs> so I'm I'm saying the line of dialogue and I'm talking. It's almost like I'm talking to myself, and I'm I'm sure they looked out the window like, oh yeah, it's two a.m. and he's talking to himself yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. You need so, to start putting on some crazy hats or something. Yeah. Yeah. Really oh, amp that up. <laughs> yeah. Paint half of your face. So oh, no, yeah. uh, no. I decide <laughs> different characters. Yeah. <laughs> So no outlines for you, uh, for this film. Well, in general, do you you don't do them? No, I I uh, I love outlines. I love them. Sorry, I just almost did a comedic <laughs> yeah. thing right there. Really? Yeah. No, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yeah. and actually, I met so many writers that just hate it. No, yeah. for at least for for screenplays, I I kind of need that map. So I'll kind of go through and just start writing random scenes and then be like, okay, this is what I want this scene to be about. These are the characters in here. Yeah. And then I really like this scene. So then I have to fill in, okay, how can I get this part to this part? So it's not uh, necessarily, and it's not very linear. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, you, I will primarily have the full layout done before I really start writing the meat of the script. Uh, did you have an ending in mind when you wrote it or did you worked up to it? This one, sometimes I have an ending in mind. This one changed a number of times. Okay. Yeah, it was very different the very first draft. Did you work with Barrett with the ending a little bit? I don't know that I did. Not really. No. I'm no, not I sure think when that we I, changed it. Yeah, I think I originally choreographed something that could be an ending and then it shifted, but yeah. we kind of maintained that idea just didn't end up yeah. at that point. Yeah. And I think it was one of those things that the more time I spent with the character, I started to think, okay, there really has to be this this kind of not necessarily a moment of redemption, but there has to be sort of a next step for her. Yeah. Um, and I think that was probably missing from the earlier drafts. And then once I found out within my own brain that no, it kind of has to be this way, that that's kind of where we took it from there. Do you think about a, a sequel to this or no? We'll see, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there were, For a little while we were yeah. talking about uh, cutting it also as uh, a series because it is so very episodic. Yeah, I could like, see it as a series. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So uh, yeah. one of the concepts, and I don't, I'm not saying that this is ever going to happen. Um, <laughs> but if it were to continue, it might be like, okay, let's go then follow this other character and their journey within this, and maybe explore different forms of movement and hmm. 
So there's a lot of things of this. Only tap dancing can save only us. Only tap dancing can save us. <laughs> <laughs> only, only ballroom. Um, only ballroom <laughs> dancing can save us. Yeah. So after this, have you been comfortable with getting familiar with dancing, the culture of dance? I think I'm pretty pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah I feel like you were right off the bat. Good. Like our first meeting and reading through the the draft, I was like, you clearly know what you're talking about. This oh, is yeah. like my diary. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. yeah. This is basically describing my life yeah. right now. Um, yeah, I was very impressed because it is kind of a, a weird little world of creativity that uh, can sometimes be intimidating and just not well known so there was one direction in there that i'm like i don't know if this makes any sense because it feels like a contradiction and i'm trying to remember was it like improvised but well rehearsed was i think i one think of the it notes was yeah that I've given yeah you? that's great okay. i'm like oh well, hopefully this makes sense to somebody <laughs> I, I will say i think yeah. one of the things that really helped me kind of wrap my head around this world a little bit john and i actually just went to a contemporary dance show with the same type of style. Oh, you guys and both together? Yeah, it was actually one of, uh, Barrett was in, in the show. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, nice, cool. okay. And that really helped kind of solidify, uh, you know, a lot of ideas that I had for it. And um, and after that, it was just like, okay, now I get it. You know, it's yeah. like, I am not really familiar with that world, but now even just seeing one show, even just, even just the lighting of, the show i think we had talked about different ways that we could incorporate some of that into the movie yeah yeah because it is a, a form that you don't see on film very often i don't think you don't really see the contemporary form you see a lot of you know jazz or tap or hip-hop um but yeah as far as kind of more pure contemporary sort of stuff and yeah. i don't know if, if barrett maybe has some better references as far as it goes yeah there's more and more coming out these days more like simple you know five to ten minute screen dance okay bits. Mm -hmm. but you know for a feature-length film it's like the last thing i can think of is like black swan you know and again yeah. that's like classical ballet but yeah mm -hmm. to see a contemporary you know modern contemporary movement um is is really i don't i just can't even think of any yeah. film off the top of my head right now but this one. <laughs> this is the one. This will inspire <laughs> many more. You know, I really think we're, you know, really starting a movement. With it's a trend. <laughs> a trend. We've seen a lot of them coming up. <laughs> Only dance can help us. So I think for people who are interested in doing anything creative outside of filmmaking and mm -hmm. dance and everything, I think that I really emphasize is heavily do your research, right? Yeah, um, and Really work on practicing, especially dance, really work on it, practicing. And with Tim, it's like really just get involved, work with the directors and other stuff before even filming. Mm -hmm. You want to get and get know the culture and all that stuff before you even start even shooting and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. So especially I, 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 I think sometimes you get I get caught up with over researching. Sometimes it's <laughs> almost fun to do that a little yeah. bit and then oh yeah, I'm that's right, I gotta do this project before <laughs> Now I have to translate all of this information into some sort of interesting narrative. Yeah. 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 Do you have anything else coming up for you before this, the move after this movie? After this movie? Mm. Uh, you know, I'm always kind of plugging away on scripts. Uh, I think probably the next thing that I'm working on, I'm not sure how much I can talk about it yet, but okay. it's more, it's actually a theater piece. It's the first time that I'm doing theater. First time you're doing theater? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's it's going to be sort of this uh, immersive experimental thing. And uh, yeah, that's that's the first time that I'm writing, writing for an actual live audience in the space. Um, so if that comes together, you'll be hearing more about that in the coming weeks, and it'll be around Halloween. Okay. Anything coming up for you, Barry? 
Yeah. Do you want to share? um, I do. I have a show in August, which I guess tomorrow's August already. Uh, It is the 22nd through the 24th at the Southern Theater. It's a production called Interlace. And it is my work, as well as a very good friend, collaborator of mine, a piece that she's created. And so it's kind of a double bill evening. Where is it again? It's at the Southern Theater in Minneapolis. Southern Theater. Yeah. And you can find tickets and information on that through their website, southerntheater.org. Okay. And they also have a Kickstarter, which we will oh, yeah. post on this as well. Yeah, if you want to send me the info, I'll definitely put the sure, post for that Thank Kickstarter you. there. And there's, yeah. you're, there's a number of the dancers from the film are there too. There are. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah it's okay. kind of the same collective of friends that are working together, so that's fun. And they were all great, by the way. Thank yeah. you. Like, like they, agree, there's like serious troopers, <laughs> and like, it's just so cool to see how like excited they were yeah. to be there. Oh yeah, and that was and fun. It was, yeah, they were. Yeah, I definitely learned there's a lot of things that my body is not capable of doing, <laughs> as well. You you just learned that. You just learned that <laughs> through this process. <laughs> well, yeah, I could probably do that. No, 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 yeah. that doesn't go that way. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It's almost comical to even ask him because I, I I know you're you're super busy, but what's coming up for you that you want to share? Uh, I mean, right now it's uh, I feel like I just finished up a lot of stuff, <laughs> right, so yeah. it's uh, there's a few uh, projects in pre production right now. Okay, but uh, nothing super. So you're not bored? No, not bored. <laughs> I mean, I, I keep busy. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, I have to say, JJ Barrett and Tim, thanks for coming and talking about this movie. Thank you. Thanks for and thanks for letting me see the movie. I think it's fantastic. I watched it like three times. Oh, awesome! uh, um, I'm actually surprising the third time I finally really digest what's going on because first time watching, you always just it's new, right? Something brand new. Then the third time, it kind of soaks in a little bit. But you guys are getting yeah, yeah. Hopefully they'll pay to watch it over and over. <laughs> That's just, the hope. Just get them coming. It'll be better the third time. It'll all make total sense. And yes, I watched it. I learned there's some things I just physically can't do. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> all right. Well, um, that's the end of the show. And of course, the show can't end till the guests say it's over. Oh. You are you guys are you ready? Is there all th- all the same is it time? Over? Do you? I don't know. I think it's I think it might be democratic about this. Is it? It's, it's over. over. over.